best show begins now. Hello and welcome back to NXT, the next best show, episode 25, 25, quarter, quarter of 100, we're we're a quarter of the way to episode 100. Anyway, um, we are in three different states as usual now. I'm your host, Tom Romberg. Over in Wisconsin, we've got Nick Richter. Nick, how's it going? I'm doing pretty good. How are you, Tom? I'm I'm good. Uh, what do you have for a shout-out this week, Nick? Um, your weekly reminder, the Houston Astros cheated. Um, I, I'm, I'm really on the edge of thinking baseball is just going to be done with this year which would really be a bummer because that will give a whole year of letting people forget that the houston astros cheated and then once it comes back everyone's going to be so excited that it's back that they're just going to again forget about it so i'll be continuing to continuing to remind people that the houston astros are cheaters and we can't let them get away with that absolutely i i don't even know why i ask you if you have one because you always do the astros have cheated do not forget and there you just heard Xavier Sanchez over in Illinois. Xavier, how are you doing? I am doing just dandy. Uh, might be, might have reached the tipping point of being in my room and house long enough. I'm just running out of things I want to do. Um, yeah, I can completely understand that. You have a shout out this week. My shout out is goes to JJ Watts. Uh, JJ Watt tweeted uh, two pictures of Chicago style hot dogs. Looks like he's uh, getting a taste of his new home early. Uh, for you guys that don't know, his wife is a member of the Chicago Red Stars. And I'm going to have to remember it in a sec, but and I'm just going to shout it when I figure it out at a random time. Don't be mad. But I forgot her name. So Ooh, when it comes yeah. up, it comes up. But. Feel free to right. move on. Well, I'm going to start my shout out and then you're going to find it. And um, I'm just honestly just stalling right now because I don't want you to cut me off. So just Google it, find it. We can clip this out if we need to, but I'm going to leave it in because I'd rather leave it in. It'd be funnier that way. Um, And you still haven't found it. How are you oh, so slow? Yes. And I knew I was, it was, I was going to probably butcher it. I'm, I'm thinking it's Kila. Oh. Oh, here. Kalia. Oh, hi. I don't know. I feel so bad. But she's a member of our uh, Chicago Red Stars team. A great team. Came second place last season. So I, I know a little bit, but I got ways well, to go. Well. It wouldn't be a full show if Xavier didn't butcher some yeah. name pronunciation. So thank you yeah. for bringing that in and giving us what we all came here I've for. I've come a long way. I, I, I was once in a, like a, a class for like a reading disability. Couldn't read things, but I would say I'm a pretty smart guy these days. No one's doubting that. All right. And my shout out this week goes to Roger Goodell for just putting on the absolute best show uh, in the NFL draft this weekend. Um, most people hate him. But you know what? I think he made himself seem a little bit more like a robot pretending to be a human this week than he does usually. So great job to Roger Goodell um, for making people kind of at least laugh with you instead of at you because, like, he knew. I think he knew what he was doing. Anyway, Roger He's Goodell. He's so robotic. Job, he put on a show. That That's what I'm saying. Hugging the TV was like hugging a human. 
<laughs> yeah. He if that is a robot right there, I don't know well, what it is. Yeah. We'll jump. We'll honestly jump right into that. Um, we're, we've got a packed show today with the NFL, um, some bulls or some, yeah, some bulls news as well as other NBA news and, um, another installment of the last dance documentary. But as we were just saying, the NFL draft was this past weekend and Roger Goodell, man, did he put on a show? He was in his living room or like man cave, who knows what it was. Um, but he was doing the whole draft from there, announcing all the picks, um, did you guys see they even had the, the screen behind him where they bring up fans like Skyping in to boo him for his like that? You just know Roger Goodell like knows what he's doing because he he like voluntarily had a bunch of fans Skype in to boo him while he announced draft picks. He's just oh, doing it. And for I'm the sure fun. he vetted. He I he definitely vetted those fans is like, guys, don't boo me too hard. Yeah, but you can boo me a little bit. But don't he, like, boo gave me too him hard. High you're fives you're, you're getting kicked off. Sure. He yeah. definitely did high fives through the screen to all of them. Like, thanks, guys. You did great. Thanks for booing me. You didn't go too bad. Like, I I had fun. And then he, like, let him go. Good thing we're doing this for charity, right? That's <laughs> they don't then, actually hate me. They're just doing this for charity. Yeah, they're, they just – yeah, exactly. You don't, they don't want to be booing me. They want to raise money for charity, and that's why they're here. Yep. I like how um, they could hardly – like, there's a screen grab of – the Chargers in the background, their fans, and there's they like didn't even have a three empty screen. screens. <laughs> they couldn't find fit. That's probably because he kicked him off. They probably started booing, and he's like, hey, you're not supposed to boo yet. We're not yeah. on. And they're like, like oh, when, I was booing when, you. When each one started off, he's, he's turned to the screen. So there must have been like a 10 seconds before each pick where he's just like, okay, we're going to start now. If you can't handle it, I'm booting you off right yep. away. Exactly. And those are the and three lost goals right away. Right away. Um, we also got some awesome pictures of him throughout, like, so the Saturday was the long, long section of the draft, uh, rounds three through seven, I believe, no, four through seven. Round one was Thursday night, round two and three were Friday night, four through seven on Saturday. And on Saturday, I think Friday night and Saturday, we got some good moments of him sitting deeper in his recliner. Uh, he changed clothes a couple times trying to get comfy, um, he made a joke about his M&M jar or something. He just, he, uh, really had fun with it. And we got so much Roger Goodell, uh, like memes, pictures. He hugged the TV at one point after someone was drafted. He went to hug the TV as if giving them a hug. Um, wide receiver Jerry Judy got drafted and they made a TikTok together. And it was just like the most embarrassing dancing. Like that was the moment when I realized that Roger Goodell is not a human that is robotic. He's a robot. A robot trying to be a human that's robotic he's just he was trying to dance and it was absolutely not working now, legendary performance by him though no i don't i didn't watch all seven rounds it's not for me uh did it seemed as if he was changing his outfit during like like it wasn't like each day he wore a different outfit was no no, it, no yeah or what like the night. Each, Throughout the night, he kept like switching. He like came back to a different to a and He had like like yeah, he would like change between oh picks goodness. every like commercial break or something. He would like go change or something. I don't know. Yeah, I think I think uh, I mean people always say Roger Goodell is un, is overpaid. He's way overpaid. I think for the first time we saw him earning his money. I think this performance that he put on. That's what we pay him for. We don't pay him to make rules and, um, you know, bring down judgment upon players. We pay him to put on performances like he did during the draft. 
I'd like to know the viewership for this because with no sports being on, this has to be the most viewed draft of all time. Oh, I'm sure it is. Honestly, I heard a lot of people also saying that like they actually liked this way better than normal. Oh, I, I, yeah, I thought this was better than so, like, the ones I've watched. Should they just like keep doing this? Like maybe the first round still have like the fans and the thing and like because all the first round guys are usually the ones that like go to the um like they're in the green room and they like actually come up on stage. After that, none of those guys are really ever there anyway. So like maybe just like rounds two through seven, you just do it online and like. I think people enjoyed it. Over the weekend, a total of 55 million tuned in at some point. I don't know yet if that's uh, the most ever, but that's quite a large because it does, at one point in the first round, they had 15.6 million, and you think this week what we have the last dance going, and they averaged 6 to 7 million just on that show, and this is nearly double per um, uh, show. So quite quite a lot of people are tuning into this. And I, I have to assume it's even more just because less people are either at the draft or, I don't know, This I, I'm guessing for these families, since they can't get together, they're all watching in their own house. Yeah, most of like, the draft parties for those players were like three or four people um, around them. Some some were more, but like for the most part, there wasn't that many people in each room. Not that I had a thought this weekend about the draft. Not that I could be an NFL draft pick, but <laughs> I think I could be a seventh round draft pick and not care about the waiting because I've already spent several hours in my life staring at a screen for hours waiting i mean if you're a seventh round draft pick you know you're not going on the first two days so you don't have to watch the first two days also you get the phone call before they put you on camera anyway so i don't know but yeah you're well you're well prepared to sit in front of a screen and um you know most of those guys aren't because they're athletes and they are like working out and practicing their game all the time they haven't trained for it like i have it's true um, so how do you guys feel yeah, about, I mean, the, yeah, the first couple picks went kind of exactly how we expected, um, or maybe not exactly, but pretty normal. I mean, Joe Burrow went first. Everyone knew he was going to be the first guy taken. Bengals took him. Um, Tua went to the Dolphins at three, I believe. And uh, um, Chase Young went second to the Redskins. All three of those, I mean, no one was surprised, I don't think. I think people would have been all the teams I think were surprised that their that their team actually drafted the right person. Like most people that were responding about Tua were like, I can't believe the Dolphins did it. Like they actually didn't mess up and they actually took the guy they should have taken. Um so I think more people were surprised that their team didn't mess up in the draft than than they were surprised by like who actually got taken. Yeah, I think the the first big like what just happened was when the Packers took Jordan Love in that first round and was it it was then when they traded up right yeah they traded up and i think it was only like two or three picks yeah and i think the two to three picks kind of already had uh like those teams had quarterbacks that they're either they owe a lot of money or like they're locked in with those guys as star players and obviously pretty much wouldn't have taken a quarterback in here they yeah, have but all their needs think... on the team. 
Yeah. And a, a Hall of Fame quarterback that still has a lot in the tank. I, I, I know eventually the time will come when they really need a quarterback. But with a guy like Aaron Rodgers, I didn't think it was uh, necessary just yet. Especially yeah. when there's probably other quarterbacks. And I don't know how late or early Jordan Love was about to get picked. But I think they could have waited. I mean, there was... Like, my parents are Packers fans, and they were pretty much shocked, to say the least. And I yeah. realize Aaron Rodgers is starting to get old, and he's had injuries start his career, but he's still very, very, very good. Yeah. And any team would die to have him. To draft a quarterback that early when you have that good of a quarterback is shocking, especially when you have so many other needs. They need, like... Like the the obviously after that they've been talking constantly about how the Packers haven't taken a skill position in the first round um, since Aaron Rodgers I think yeah, uh, yeah. and then years. and then just now with Jordan Love it was like 15 years yeah um, and they need wide receivers so bad he's only thrown one touchdown to a first round draft pick in his career uh, and that was Mercedes Lewis a tight end otherwise he he like they just don't draft high talent. They've been successful without it, but I, you know, I think this draft with how many like phenomenal wide receivers there were in the draft, I don't see how they messed that up. Like how did they not think that a wide receiver was the move there and instead took Jordan Love? I don't know. I think yeah, I think every Packers fan is just like in shock at this point with how they how they drafted. Um, I want to give a shout out to the uh, the Hawkeyes that got drafted cuz um, I mean, the ones that were expected to, we had, um, Tristan Wirfs went in the first round. I drive past his house every time I go home from Dubuque to Iowa city or anytime I go back and forth from Dubuque to Iowa city, he lives right on highway one and I drive past it. Um, and, uh, so he got drafted by the Buccaneers. He's about to be blocking for Tom Brady next year. It's going to be awesome. Um, so yeah, pretty cool first round pick. He honestly fell further than he was expected. He was expected to go earlier than he did. Um, but I'd say it's a good spot for him to land. Uh, and then they, we ended up Epinesa, the DN got taken. Um, I'm blanking on which team took him. But then also Nate Stanley, quarterback to the Vikings, so pretty cool. And then Ojemudia, cornerback, got taken too. So we had four guys go, which is pretty awesome. The Hawkeyes, I mean, I don't know. I think. Uh, at least the three of them other than Stanley will see significant field time in their career. I don't know. Stanley just with quarterbacks and especially an Iowa quarterback, I don't know how much uh opportunity there is there, but anyway, had to get my Iowa. A, I hope he gets in. a pre I hope uh like as a Vikings fan, I hope Nate Stanley gets a chance in the preseason to I'm sure he will kind of see what he's got. A, a run. I'm hoping Geno Stone, he's a safety, and I'm I'm hoping he didn't get drafted, I don't think, but I'm hoping he gets signed as an undrafted free agent because he he was awesome and like he'd be I think he'd be a really good safety in the league, but I'm hoping he gets his chance because uh he's good too, but yeah I think um it's pretty exciting to see how many Hawkeyes went, especially for the year they had they had a pretty solid year and um a big win in the bowl in the bowl game, but um I think. I was ho- we everyone was hoping for them to I mean Tristan Wirfs for sure we knew he was going to be a draft pick in Epinesa but to get a couple more guys was pretty cool too. Um, the Bears had 
has a pretty solid draft. A lot of people are initially mad that they went for a tight end and Komet from Notre Dame. But uh, Notre Dame has had a great track history with tight ends. They've had uh, Tyler Eifert. Uh, I can't believe I'm forgetting all these guys' names. But next to Miami, they breed great tight ends. Um, so I, I afterwards and Iowa, solid, tight end solid Iowa, yeah, uh, <laughs> solid, solid player. Um, they're gonna be needing a tight end anyways in the couple of seasons that will take he'll probably take off most of the load because they just cut Trey Burton and Jimmy Graham's not going to do much so uh Komet's going to be the guy they also their initial plan was to probably look for flying man and the cornerback which they end up picking up later in the draft so not the worst not the best but uh they fared well compared to obviously the Packers another cool thing in this draft was uh, Kenny Robinson out of West Virginia left at, I think he left in the season and ended up skipping out from the team to join the XFL and then ended up looking good enough to get drafted in the sixth round by the Carolina Panthers. Xavier, I have a question for you. Uh-huh. As a Bears fan... Do you think the, uh, they're just trying to stockpile every tight end in the NFL every so that nobody else can have one, or what are they doing? At the end of the draft, I think they had 11 tight ends on their roster. Yeah, I think they had 11. That's a lot of tight ends. I mean, one of them has to work out, you'd think. If you got 11, I, one oh, of them has to I think <laughs> already one or two have already been cut. So. Oh, that's... They did cut one, like, the next day, but I don't know. Which I still, think might nine tight ends? Thing. That's still a lot of tight yeah. ends. A lot of I don't tight know ends. Hopefully, hopefully one works out. We've, we're, the Bears and their fans are a little hurt because of the time. they ha- We had Greg Olson, and then we let him go too soon and watched him sign for the Panthers. And it, it hurts because the Bears in, like, 09 and 10, Jay Cutler and that team, they were pretty solid. They they were an injury and another win away from uh, making the Super Bowl, I think, in two seasons, back-to-back season. All right, last thing on the NFL, um, unless you guys have more on the draft specifically, but the NFL, uh, we just saw Jameis Winston get signed to the Saints. Um, so, obviously, the Bucks signed Tom Brady. And then Jamie's needed a place to go. The Saints just signed him. Um, what do you guys think of that? I know Drew Brees is kind of nearing um, retirement, but he's still an elite quarterback. They have Taysom Hill, but you know he's not really. I don't know. Yeah, he's I don't not really a, a like traditional quarterback. quarterback. So, yeah. do you guys like this Jamie signing to the Saints, or um, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, the one year I definitely doesn't think it's the one year, so. It's- it would be not it if if Drew Brees can somewhat kind of be a model for Jameis Winston both outside in public and then in private and on the field and teach him how the leadership of a quarterback and playing the position it'd be it'd be cool to see him make that transition from because obviously the talent's there obviously I don't know if he led in touchdowns but he had a ton of touchdowns. 
ton of yards. All it was, it seems like, one too many interceptions. I think the biggest difference for Jameis this year, besides being a backup, of course, is he doesn't. I feel like he doesn't have the offensive weapons that he had in Tampa Bay. Like every, basically every receiver they had was a uh, like a burner guy who could run super fast, and Jameis would just chuck it up. And if he tried to do any sort of check down route, it was going to be an interception, and more than likely that was a pick six. So he's definitely going to have to do some learning here. It it can't just you can't just be repeating what he did in Tampa Bay, or it's going to be a severe crash and burn situation. Yeah, I think of like his receivers there. He had Godwin and Evans, and just uh, chuck it to them each time. And for the Saints, they have, they have a strong they they have some strong receivers, but then they're in who are they? Like Michael know. Thomas, but, I feel like is a lot like Mike Evans. They're big yeah. guys. They catch like they go up and catch everything. Um, Michael Thomas, I think, had like one incomplete pass that was like that he actually like had ability to catch like all last season and he broke like several records last year. He's incredible. Other than that though, I can't really name how many yeah. of the, any of the guys that they it's, have. It's going to be a, like a lot a lot of checkdowns to the running backs obviously uh with Kamara yeah. because Kamara, Murray, uh Hill when he plays and then next season though, they do have Emmanuel Sanders. Okay. So that's He's another kind of getting- Older, but um, yeah, can yeah still, still play. Could be a um, guy. The thing about Jameis that will be the ultimate wild card, though, is going to be the LASIK surgery. <laughs> Did True. that, that work? Could, if that worked, maybe he'll be better than Drew Brees. I, I don't know you if don't you know. guys saw his workout video. Did you see the workout video of him like dodging those that like giant yeah, water that balloon giant, thing, like boxing, yeah, like ball thing, yeah. I mean, if that doesn't simulate people trying to dive at your head or something i don't know yeah. what will we How? he's got the eyesight we know that yeah and then um this stat that xavier mentioned before the before the show um Taysom hill has seven touchdowns thrown for the saints um jamie swinston already has 10 or no sorry completions seven completions and 10 completions um so winston has thrown 10 interceptions to the saints Taysom hill only thrown seven catches so there's no there's no battle for second place. We already know who's in second. There's know. some familiarity with the Saints yeah. and uh and the end Question is he gonna be too used to throwing at their defenders that he's not gonna know which receivers to throw to? He's too used to throwing at the corners. The good thing about that eyesight. is they can rotate the corners in at receiver and then he'll be it'll be a, just like natural progression. True. You know when I don't know if you guys remember, but like when you play the NCAA football video games, um, if you throw a pass to a receiver and he drops it, or no, if a, if if a uh, cornerback drops an interception, the announcer every single time goes, you know, this guy said he wanted to play wide receiver, but you're never gonna play wide receiver if you can't catch those. Yep. Yep. That's that's what this is gonna be. All the defenders are gonna, the corners are gonna start playing wide receiver because they've proven that they can catch a pass from Jamie's. Mm-hmm. Completely agree. All right. Um, I think that's all the news we have for uh, the NFL right now. It's a busy week in the NFL, but, um, you know, with the draft, it kind of dominates it. And I'm sure there will be more news to come in the basketball world, though. 
NBA. Uh, the Bulls, we talked about them hiring a new executive vice president. They also just hired um, a, a new GM. It was the assistant GM from the Sixers, I believe, Mark Eversley, um, has now been hired as the Bulls' new general manager. Big moves for the Bulls. Um, just just the fact, I mean, when we talked about it the first time when they signed um, Arturis, we talked about how, uh, you know, it was a it was a show they were showing that they're make, willing to make a move, um, but you know we we had to see the rest of it happen. Now we've seen the second move. They got a GM. This is a whole new front office now. We're gonna see all kinds of stuff happening here, um, and I think I think there's a lot to be excited for in the in the next few years for the Bulls. Now that they've got two they've got two guys that have shown they're competent in a front office, and um, you know. I think those guys will work well together, and I'm hoping to see some big moves, get some some stars, make Chicago the uh, the place to play again. What do you think, Xavier? Yeah, no, um, it's been an exciting week, even without sports, both for the Blackhawks. They're trying to do some things. Bulls trying to do some things. Um, Mark Eversley, uh, as well as, obviously, Arturis, both have quite a resume in basketball already. Some highlights of Mark Eversley. He has spent some time with Nike working in their retail marketing, so he's familiar, has familiarity in that, but he's also spent, I think, well over 10 years or so in the NBA with both Toronto and then I think he just came from uh, Philadelphia, so I'm excited. Uh, a lot of people are praising him. He's the first uh, black GM the Bulls have had in their storied history so that's a pretty big deal especially when you come from a city like chicago who we have large populations of um, of black people and all types of people so uh representation sure matters to the city and seeing these guys in leadership positions is very exciting but should be a good one yeah so um definitely exciting moves um, in the Bulls organization, hopefully that means that uh, the next few years have big, big things coming, big players, big names. Um, you know, hope to see it all. The it's next thing of- in the NBA, you mentioned uh, the Ball yeah. brothers signing with Rock Nation. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about that, Xavier? Uh, yeah, pretty much. That's just about it. Uh, the Ball brothers right now on three different places. Lonzo had was injured for some of the season, played well when he did play, and at certain moments it seemed like that number two, that star number two pick, um, for the which has now been traded. Obviously, he plays to the Pelicans, and then Jello big year this past year as he's been playing with the OKC Blues on their practice squad team, so. He could potentially make that jump coming up to be in an NBA team. We don't know, but it seems like that. And obviously, Lamelo in the middle. They mentioned he's been training extra hard these last few months with Lavar. He's played pretty much at, you name a place he's played he, from his time as an eighth grader all the way up. I don't know how you cannot say he's the number one pick. And signing with Rock Nation is quite a big deal. 
lot of the big names are part of that. Yeah, so I was just be, I was just gonna mention that Kyrie is a member of Rock Nation Sports, the Morris Twins, Markel Fultz, M- Patrick McCaw, three-time uh, straight NBA champion, right there. Um, PJ Washington was a big name in the draft last year. Um, Willie Cully Stein. So there's definitely uh, big names under Rock Nation Sports, and um, it's big move for them. And it it's kind of I mean we talked about it a while ago with all the the big baller brand stuff that happened and how um, Lonzo said he was kind of distancing himself from that. This is a big move for the the whole family to kind of distance themselves and, and make it kind of seem like a more they're they're serious about this and they're they're with an agency that is um, well known is um, respectable or like um, makes makes a. I mean, big names out of out of guys, and you know who knows what they can do with three guys that already have big names. Um, so yeah, definitely big news just just for the Ball family um, or the Ball brothers, and and how they're kind of uh you know I think we're gonna see a lot more from them in the future now that they're they're with kind of a big big name um, agency. I don't. I, agree. I yeah, think that this uh, is about the best thing that could have happened to them. I mean, signing, that, that's a big, big agent that can help you with a lot of things. Absolutely. And then they're going to provide a strong guidance, which I think what needs to happen, because with LeVar being a major influence in their lives, he doesn't yeah. tend to lead them down the right path in financial decisions and other stuff like that as well. So hiring a good company to help you manage everything like that yeah. is key and i think they made the right decision yeah this goes a lot deeper than just like the the deals they get like in terms of their nba contracts and stuff there this is this is um you know sponsorships this is everything so like this um is going to be yeah i think it's a very safe um bet to make that that the ball brothers will be big um so it's not really i i wouldn't say it's even a risk on rock nation's part um to take this on but um definitely a huge moment for for the ball brothers because um yeah they're their their whole lives are kind of going to get um lined up and and it's going to help immensely having a a brand like that take over and and help run the show the last thing um i wanted to mention this is kind of all still just being broken um news this week um but the nba announced that starting on may 1st which is friday uh teams in certain cities will be allowed to open their practice facilities up for the players um, for voluntary individual workouts. So really this is like the, the smallest amount of news you could give, but it's something like the, mm-hmm. the cities where the restrictions have been loosened um, in terms of the virus and stay at home and everything. Um, those cities, the organizations will be allowed to open their facilities up. Um, they said, uh, the that full practices um, or large group workouts will be prohibited. Um, and then there's like plans made with the teams that are in those more restricted cities. So um, not every, not every team is going to be able to open their, um, their practice facility up facility up, but the ones that will, I mean, it's, it's at least something we have guys working out again in the, 
in their like facility rather than like at home or something. And we have, you know, just a little bit of news on the basketball front. So they still don't know what the rest of the season holds. If there is a rest of the season, if they'll play any games, if they play just the playoffs, if we don't know anything, but we do know that they're at least willing to um, like, you know, start working back, get, get guys back in the gym and hopefully it just goes from there and we see more good things happen so that we can get basketball back. Uh, agreed. We need to get some sport back in yeah, some, we need some something. sense. Yeah. Do you it's want to talk about to that point where I just I forgot that sports even are a thing. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you I've watched the the Brewers have been like what would have normally been games. They're playing old like just old games from like yeah. the 80s, uh, the, like early yeah. 80s. And I've just forgot what play looks like now because back then they like didn't have scoreboards on the on the tv screen they would just only show it in between like half innings or innings yeah. i just forgot what a regular broadcast looks like so i'm getting desperate i'm getting desperate it'll um, come back eventually yeah positivity um i i read that yeah we going into baseball i guess i read something that said um today that they're potentially the MLB is potentially looking at splitting up into three divisions for um as an option to for the this like quarantine season thing and then that it might even carry on into seasons down the road and it would be a west division a central division and an east division um it's tough because if you look at some of the divisions there's teams in there that should clearly be at the t- well, should be at the top year after year after year after year, and there's going to be teams that will be at the bottoms year after year after year after year. Like the Marlins, there's no way they'll be able to dig themselves out of the west or the East Division. Like I, I just don't see how that's possible unless they start making yeah. moves or get rid of Jeter as basically running could, things. Yeah, that could help. So. I don't know. There's a lot of there's a lot of what ifs still going on, um, especially with the MLB season. Um, I was listening to Francesa today, and he had somebody come on and ask, I don't know what this guy's t- actual title was, but he basically asked him what he thought the what sport would be hurt the most by this, and uh, he was told pretty much. Without a doubt, it would be baseball because best case scenario, they can probably fit in half a season. And if they play even half a season, they're not going to have the seats full. So it's going to be a major financial loss Mm -hmm. um, for the MLB. And they not they're not going to struggle to come back from this, but it it'll definitely do a big hit to um, profits and stuff like that. Yeah, but again, at least some news. We we keep getting little updates on like yeah. ideas that the league is having or like at least ideas that have leaked and we know that like all the um, major sports organizations are trying to figure out how they can do this so they want sports back maybe as badly as we want sports back but you know what news is news it gives us something to talk about and until then we'll just keep watching games from the 80s and waiting you know the biggest problem i have with that is that i just always like google the game like the nba has yeah, been playing a bunch of like past uh and final series like they played the uh 
2000, I think the 2011 one is the one coming up soon, the um, Heat and the uh, Mavs. But um, I just keep looking up what the like outcomes of these games are because I just am too impatient to watch it again. Um, and so that's kind of disappointing, and I just can't stop myself from doing it. So I can't wait for sports that I can't just find out the score of right away to come back because I want to like sit there and enjoy it. And who knows? We may get something soon we may not all right and then um episodes three and four of the last dance the michael jordan documentary or the bulls documentary i guess aired on sunday night um unfortunately this week i wasn't able to watch but Xavier, you still got to see it um do you give us want to give us two or three big takeaways from these past two episodes lacking um this episode the the third one was focused on Dennis Rodman and his story, and then obviously the bad boys are mentioned throughout three and four. Um, some of the clips for Dennis Rodman um, seems familiar. I don't know if it's exactly the same clip or just a similar clip as what you might have seen in his 30 for 30. Uh, I forget the name of it. Do you recall what it's called? Well, it's quite similar. And then I know people are taking issue in the way it's jumping back and forth between different scenes, which maybe that's why I felt like those two hours went by fast and I can't recall enough of what I watched. But it definitely is another enjoyable week of the show. Um, One clip that a lot of people found fascinating was how Dennis Rodman would go in the gym and put up shots, not to get shot practice, but put uh, try to like figure out where the ball would bounce to get the rebound and just memorize that. Which I don't really know how that works, but I guess it yeah. does because he led the league in rebounding, I think, like five straight years. I think it was seven straight years. That dominance. And it wasn't that he was putting up like 10, 15 rebounds. It was... 18, nearly 20. Yeah, three seasons in a row, he had eight. He averaged 18 a game, which is outrageous. Um, some of the games he would put up 20 rebounds and no points, which got me fa- fascinated. So I, I went back and looked at his. He's obviously a Hall of Famer, and what an obscure Hall of Fame he was important in piece for those Piston teams, and then I say the Bulls, and just a incredible figure as an athlete and person and to be so dominant defensively and go in the hall of fame with averaging like eight points i think it's something around there seven and a half but that's that just wows me like you don't always have to score to make your impact on the game look just look at what he did but i definitely recommend for everyone to watch all, all these episodes, uh, I ha- I know there's leaks of all of them, but I've just been riding the course. Each week. Yeah, I heard Tune about in. that. I'm hoping I'm hoping people stick with it and just like watch it as it happens because this is like the only thing that we all have collectively to watch. And uh, even though I wasn't able to watch this week, but like this is like the thing we have that like people. I've just been like scrolling Twitter on Sunday nights and like every tweet is about the documentary because that's like what everyone's doing. So I'm hoping people don't go and find the leaked episodes and like watch them beforehand because 
it's like the one thing we have that we can all just like sit here and watch. Why not just let it let it be a live experience? Um, but yeah, I'm I'm hoping to watch this week. And uh, I mean, it's I mean, as far as I've seen, it's been really put well put together. And there's always been like big things. Each episode has like at least one or I'm two okay. big things that no one's seen before. Yeah. And that like gets everyone talking. And it's been cool. Obviously, ESPN, part of Disney, uh, it's primetime television. But the way they've inserted swear words, whether it's an F-bomb, it's been so strategic that it's like comical, but fits really well. So a lot of play has been coming from that as well. But I highly, I, Nick has yet to watch an episode. I, I hope you watch at least some. The more that people talk about Jordan in this documentary, the less I like him. And I think he said that um, before it came out. He's like, the one thing that I'm scared of about this is that people aren't going to like me. And the way the arrogance, he totally deserves to have that arrogance because he's yeah. the best basketball player to ever play. But the way he comes off he is is, yeah. is very off-putting to somebody that doesn't yeah. like rules. Yeah. No, but I think he knew his entire career. I think he knew people don't like him. Like oh, he wasn't yeah, no, trying to sure. be a likable guy. He didn't need to be. And I think he knew that was gonna like the more he shows people, the more they're gonna hate him. Right. I think even like even since then, well, even though he's been out of the spotlight, he still is not very liked by a lot of people that know him personally. It's more like. It's just like his, like the greatness that is Michael Jordan is more, it's like a, it's like the perfect never meet your hero situation. Yep. It's like, I would much rather yeah. just know Michael Jordan as being like the high flying, like awesome basketball player and not actually have a conversation with him. Cause I don't, I don't think he would like give you four words. One um, other thing that I picked up on was how the lack of social media allow these guys to like really be themselves where if they were like that. If if they were the same people in today's game and just as as still as good as they were, they would be hated by a lot of people. Yeah. As opposed to praised. Yeah. Well, even just the thing, um, Dennis Rodman was like in L.A. during like the day before a game or in Vegas the no, day before a game. A little mm-hmm. day. I think it was multiple day trip where he just left the team. Yeah. He just and... like, went. There's periods where he felt like he he was dealing with like a mental health issue and he's at times that he didn't feel like he can live, which is quite scary in itself. And then like you're counting on this guy and you don't know where he is. But just the point of of like the social media, if an NBA player was in Vegas the day or two days before a game, you would know now they'd be all over social media the entire Mm -hmm. time. And, like, he could just do that, and, like, he'd just come back and he'd play in the game. And, like, it it was just a thing. Like, I'm sure even more people did it. We just – oh yeah, the guy we get to hear about. But, like, it's crazy. It's crazy how many things people could do. And just because, like, no one had their phone on them, like, their phone couldn't do what our phones can do. Right. And no one knew about it. And it's just and like, it was like – So it is kind of cool to get a glimpse into that and, like, how, how exciting this documentary is because you get so much access to something that no one had any clue was going on. Right, exactly. If, if someone did go to Vegas, it was going to be some newspaper wrote like a, basically a hit piece yeah. on you yep. saying that. And, it, and all you had to do is deny it and then it would go away. Yeah. Nowadays, there's picture proof and everything like that. People would be tweeting 
Michael there'd Michael Jordan sitting at the blackjack the club, table right like, now. While you're this there, is crazy. Yeah, yeah. Like you it would just, be in the club and they'd be recording you and like posting yep. it online. So then ten you seconds later, that's posted. Yeah. Within an hour, you're getting roasted by the internet for yeah. not being a true professional or whatever. Yeah. Like it just stuff like that just didn't happen. Yeah, well, so I'm I'm hoping to see the next two episodes. We got episodes five and six this Sunday night coming up. Um, hopefully I'll get to catch those. I think they're going more into the Pistons, right? They're going into more into that series. Um, they give a little the heads up on like what's coming next. I I've missed the previews for the next one. I okay. kind of just watched the show and missed. For, yeah, for some reason I think that's what their their plan was, but I could be wrong. Um, no doubt it's going to be worth watching anyway. Um, so hopefully I'll get a chance. I know Xavier will be on watching it and, um, we'll, uh, have an update of that next week as well. Yeah. But before we head out, um, some other recommendations of things to watch as if you guys have any, feel free to throw them in, but I got two, uh, one sports related, one isn't a, a movie called Molly's game. It's about a woman who was, uh, an Olympic, uh, skier snow skier and she she got hurt she had young when she was younger she had a back issue she worked her way up to getting back to the olympics and then ended up getting hurt in the olympics and then ended up getting involved in like high stakes poker games and nearly get thrown in jail it's kind of a cool story and the different pieces throughout that uh was worth a while watch and then another one is this is far from sports, but it's called Unbelievable, also on Netflix. It's it's about uh, it's kind of more serious, but it's about a girl who was raped and it wasn't believed. And then the there was a similar case in another state and that later get linked up. And it was only, I think, eight episodes. But it was, once again, one of those shows that you just wanted to keep watching every episode until you figured out the the missing links between the two episodes and the characters. So that's definitely worth taking a look at too. If you're into like crime. Both on Netflix, you said? Both on Netflix. All right. Nick, you have anything you've seen lately that you want to mention? Um, I just finished today. I just finished uh Waco on Netflix. Okay. That's a good um, one. Yeah. Uh, I've seen that on there. I haven't watched it yet, but it's like on the header, like the banner thing at the top. Yeah. So I, I've been considering it. They do a really good job of telling the story from multiple perspectives on what what was going on. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't really want to get into it too much because yeah. they'll spoil oh, it. But yeah, um, it, I'll just say that it does a great job of giving multiple perspectives. And it not that like we weren't alive during this, but it like gives a good history lesson of yeah. um how everything went down and stuff like that too i, yeah. I agree with that because like before an event like that we you are uh, like people say history is like your history books written by like the winner and i say similar case we, we're taught i feel through the one lens of uh how ugly that, that situation was and what that group was doing but you don't know like there's definitely innocent people that got caught up in that that you just don't really know about so it's it was kind of cool because uh it is a true story especially one of the one of the i don't know about all the characters 
but I look into the one and he tells the story about being a part of that and escaping. One of the main characters in that show. And the real one of the real guys makes a cameo appearance in the last episode. Oh, I like the that. guy that wrote the book makes the guy that wrote the book that they make the show off of makes cameo in the last episode, which is pretty um, cool. Maybe I didn't make it to see that. No, um, the the one recommendation I have also on Netflix, um, it's called Extraction. Um, I watched it this weekend, and it has Chris Hemsworth in it. Um, it's like someone expl- like someone put it on on Twitter like um it's like uh if someone made a movie about a Call of Duty campaign mission and like honestly it's kind of true but it's awesome it's so yeah. exciting to watch it was a lot of fun to watch and uh Chris Hemsworth great did a great job like um honestly like I don't even know how to how to say anything except for like they said that but then like it's kind of in a good way. It's like a Call of Duty mission. It mm-hmm. was awesome. It was exciting the whole time. So many like random things like twists and turns and stuff. And you just keep definitely uh, exciting for the whole for the whole uh, hour, two hours or whatever long it was. So it's another one I would recommend. Netflix right. has been killing the game, I would say, lately. They've been putting out a lot of good stuff. Yeah, yeah. they've definitely yeah. been taking advantage of quarantine. Yeah, yeah, I just sure. get worried that I've run out of stuff, but every now and then uh, something pops up, and I'm like, oh, thank goodness, because I've seen it all. Yeah. Did you see Jerry Seinfeld is putting out a sp- stand-up special? I did not. Coming out I sometime in May. I, I can't remember the exact date, but it's an hour-long stand-up special from Jerry Seinfeld. It's like the first one in however long, a long time. I don't know. Um but I just saw a lot of people excited about that. I don't really, I've never really like, I've never watched Seinfeld the show. I've never seen Jerry Seinfeld like do stand up, but people are excited about it. So I'm at least going to watch it because I'm curious. But that's yeah. another one that I'm just kind of like, whenever it comes out, I'll watch it. So that's probably all we got for uh, episode 25 of NXT, the next best show. Thank you for tuning in. We do have a couple interviews in the works. Hopefully um, next week we'll have one to share with you guys. But if not, just know there are some interviews coming. They're going to be great. You'll enjoy them. Um, and tune in next week for NXT episode 26. Thanks, guys.